Hey, what did you do over the weekend? Ah, an interesting thing I did was reading a fascinating story and I have been thinking about it even now. Oh, about a story? And even now? Really? What's so exciting about it? It's that the story leaves us with a lot of unanswered questions and I can't seem to decipher it and that's bothering me. Oh, that's like a great way of narrating a story and very unique. Yes. Uh, would you like to listen to it as well and maybe we can work on the answers together? Sure. That sounds like a good plan. Do narrate the story to me. The story goes like this. Long, long ago, in the forests of Naimika Ranya, lived a guru called Jayendra. He had many students studying under him. One such student was the prince of the kingdom of Simhapuri. His name was Himadatta. Himadatta was a very obedient and bright student. After studying for several years from the guru, it was time for the students to graduate. In the graduation ceremony, the guru normally gifted each of his students. When it was Himadatta's turn, the guru said, Himadatta, you have successfully completed your education with me here. In the future, you will become the king of Simhapuri. Therefore, I want to gift you something that will help you make right decisions. Take this magical mirror. It has the power to give any information or detail about anyone who is standing in front of it. So use it at appropriate times and become a well-known informed king. Whenever you feel it's not useful to you, please return it to me. Himadatta graciously accepted the gift and went back to his kingdom of Simhapuri. A few years passed by and Himadatta eventually became the king of Simhapuri. One day, three men came to the king asking for justice. One of them said, Raja, we have a huge complex problem here which no one is able to solve. We have heard you have a magical mirror that helps you decide. Can you please solve our problem as well? Hmm, what is your problem? Raja, each one of us here is a specialist chef. I am a specialist in cooking Indian sweets. Vijay is a specialist in cooking Indian savouries. Shreyas is a specialist in cooking non-Indian cuisine. We have travelled multiple kingdoms displaying our skills. But no king so far has been able to decide who amongst us is the best chef. And we believe there can only be one best chef. Therefore, we have come to you to help us decide and choose the best chef. Hmm, that's a simple problem. I probably can do it. Go ahead and make your respective best dishes. I'll make the decision for you. Three of them go and start cooking. The first guy comes up with lip-smacking Mysore Park. The other one with a very tasty sambar. The third one with a delectable baklava. Ooh, all of these look stunning to me. After having eaten, I still can't make the decision. All of them are so good. Mm. Well, well, maybe it's time for the mirror. Okay, now all three of you 
Stand in front of the mirror. Guri Guri Mantram, Gurari Mantram. Tell me, who's the best chef? The mirror has no answer. Hmm. Guri Guri Mantram, Gurari Mantram. Tell me, who's the best chef? The mirror is silent. Disappointed, the three chefs return to their respective kingdoms. Raja is left thinking, why did the mirror not answer the question? This was the very first time. A few days later, two more chefs came with a similar query. This time, the Raja was worried. Okay, guys, tell me what is your speciality? Raja, we are chefs and can cook dishes which are very, very rare and less popular but very tasty. We want you to help decide as no one's able to do it. Hearing to this, the king thinks, my only hope probably is the mirror again. They say nobody else has been able to decide. This is very similar to the earlier case. What do I do now? Do I send them back saying I don't have an answer? Let's use the mirror. Let's see what happens this time. Guards, bring the mirror. Two of you, stand in front of the mirror. Goody goody mantram, who's the best chef? Surprisingly, this time the mirror immediately chooses one over the other. It also says, this guy always carries a huge collection of recipe books with him. And that is how he is able to cook the rarest of rare dishes. Ooh, thank God, thinks the king. The mirror is answered this time. He immediately says, Guards, take his books away. Now order both of you to go make Dehrori, a rare Indian sweet I had heard of, and that will help us make the decision. The chef, stripped off with his books, falls at the feet of Raja. Forgive me, Raja, forgive me. Forget Dehrori. I can't even cook Mysore Park in that case. I was only claiming to be a chef because of the books I had. I can only implement what's written. I cannot remember and make things and use my expertise. I am sorry. I am sorry for having claimed to be a good chef. Thus, the Raja was able to resolve the issue here. Thus, the king's popularity increased day by day as everybody in the neighboring kingdoms got to know about the magical mirror that he owned, which helped him make any decision which was almost impossible for the other kings to make. This also meant a lot of other kings wanted their daughters to now be married to this popular king. They started sending portraits of their beautiful daughters to the king to see if he liked any of them. Himadatta saw the portraits and in fact liked two of them and could not make a decision. He invited the princesses along with their families to his kingdom. He then requested the two girls, Purna and Sampurna, to stand in front of the mirror one after the other to make his decision. While Purna stood in front of the mirror, Sampurna smiled sarcastically and said, I don't want to marry a king who is blind. For you to decide whom you should marry, I am not willing to stand in front of a mirror that's going to judge my beauty. 
everybody was shocked at her response and worried if the king would be angered by her statement. The king went to Sampurna's parents and to everybody's surprise said, I want to marry your daughter if she is willing to forgive and accept me. And as you might expect, eventually Himadatta and Sampurna were married. A few days down the lane, Sampurna comes running to the Raja, Raja, oh Raja, I have lost my most precious jewelry, the Chandrahara that my dad gifted during our wedding. It seems to be stolen. What? What are you saying? Stolen in our palace? Don't worry, don't worry. I am sure we can figure out and we can find the thief. Don't worry, just hold on. Hey, close all the doors of the palace and have all the men and women stand in line in front of the mirror. I will easily make the judgment. I will easily find out who the thief is. Thus, all the men and women working in the palace stood in front of the mirror one after the other. When Malanna stood in front of the mirror, it immediately said, He is the thief. To which Himadatta says, Guards, go put this Malanna behind the bars. This makes me so angry that he stole the Chandrahara of the queen. He is worthy of execution. Go put him behind the bars immediately. Sampurna, the queen, runs to the king and says, Hold on, Raja, hold on. I want you to withhold your decision for a minute. I request you to send the guards to Mallika's house first, the woman standing at the back, and check on her house and find out if the jewellery is in fact in her house by any chance. Why Mallika, Rani? The mirrors already said it's Malanna. Please, Raja, please, please do it for me. Okay, guards. Go to Malika's house and check. The guards go to Malika's house and shockingly return with the Chandrahara. Raja is baffled. Later, Raja asks Rani, How did she find out about Malika? To which the Rani replied, When the mirror identified Malanna as the thief, I noticed Malika taking a deep breath and wiping her sweat. This got me suspicious. I wanted to check if she had any role in this foul play. Raja said, Rani, I am very appreciative of your observation skills. Also, I feel, if not for you, I would have severely punished Malanna, though the actual thief was Mallika, and Malanna was only the helper. Therefore, the magical mirror can also be harmful at times. Hmm... I should limit its usage or maybe I should keep distance and not use it anymore. Let me return it to my Guru. Thank you for helping me realize this. There ends the story. Does this story not leave you with many unanswered questions? Hmm, like what? What did you have in mind? Look, for example, why was the magical mirror unable to figure out the best chef? Why did it remain silent? While in the second case, it was easily able to identify who the best chef was. That's a good question. Here's what I think. In the first case, each chef had a speciality in a different field. For example, the first chef 
was good in preparing Indian sweet dishes, while the second in Indian savouries, and the third in a totally different cuisine, not even Indian, right? So there was no level playing field for the mirror to compare. Each was good in his own field. So there was no easy way for the mirror to choose one over the other. While in the second case, both the chefs cooked the same dish in the competition and hence they were comparable. The mirror was very quick to identify who the better chef was. Also, is this not similar to what we are told always? That is, not to compare people. Each is good in their own way. Right? Don't you think so? Hmm, that makes sense. But I had more questions. Like, why did Sampurna, who later became the queen, not agree to stand in front of the mirror? Was she afraid that she wouldn't be chosen to be the queen by the mirror? Also, was the king a fool to marry someone who called him blind? Okay, that's another interesting question. Here's what I think about that. In the story, the king was seeking the help of the mirror to choose her life partner. Sampurna felt totally insulted that the king was relying on a mere mirror to make a life-changing decision and hence she called the king a blind guy. I also think in this case, the king was just using the mirror because it was there with him all the time. He didn't know when to use and when to not use. He stopped thinking for himself and he always relied on the mirror for making any and every decision in his life. I don't think that was right on his part and hence he was rightly called as a blind guy by Sampurna. This also draws another parallel in our day-to-day life as well. Think about the internet. It is a vast collection of information. When we need any information, instead of thinking, instead of deliberating, Instead of discussing, we just blindly go to the internet and search and get the information. That is, we rely too much on the internet just like the king was relying too much on the mirror. Mm. I have a question for myself though. Why do you think the king actually returned the mirror back to his guru? Does it make any sense? Mm. This one I think I get. With the case of identifying the thief, the mirror only identified the thief's helper but not the actual thief, which was found out only by the queen's observations. This incident made the king realize that the mirror is just a tool and should not be the sole source of information. Therefore, he decided to keep distance and wanted to use more of his own thinking to make decisions going forward. And I think I can again relate this to what you just spoke about, which is the internet and Google-fed information. When we read something online, we should not believe it truth and nail, but should read further and analyze and evaluate its validity for ourselves. Therefore, the internet, just like the mirror, is magical and wondrous, but has its own limitations, which is very, very important to remember. Therefore, the king wanted to return the mirror to the guru to create some distance from the mirror to be able to use his own judgment. Wow, I think this was a very good discussion amongst us. Did you notice 
this story even though set in the olden times has still relevance today as well we just had to replace the mirror with the internet and the whole story falls in place hey thanks for narrating the story and also for this fruitful discussion and i hope we can discuss another one next time okay bye for now